Welcome, everybody, to Straight Chudo Wrestling Podcast. I'm one half of your host, Santi. Steve, SummerSlam is over. It feels like the WWE is a different place altogether since, obviously, the changes that have come about to the front office. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Actually, it's our main topic of the show, as it happens to be. But how do you feel about all of this? Honestly, Santi, um, it feels like I'm a kid again. It's refreshing. It is exciting for monday to come i actually freaked out sunday night because SummerSlam was on saturday and i was like oh no i slept through monday night raw what the what happened so i was excited for monday night raw this week i'm excited for friday night smackdown to see what they're going to pull off for the the you know the fall away ep- episode of smackdown through SummerSlam. listen man this is exciting times in pro wrestling altogether because it almost feels like it's falling into AEW as well. We don't really talk a lot about AEW on here, but like even tonight's dynamite is like, woo, little, a little shots left, right, and center by the boys from AEW. So it's an exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. It's exciting to be a sports entertainment fan. What about you, buddy? How, did, how, what, where are you at with this whole dynamic and this shift? I have a, uh, I have an announcement and I have something to admit. Monday night's episode of Monday Night Raw was the first full episode of Monday Night Raw that I actually watched from beginning to end without just going to YouTube and watching the clips and the highlights after the fact. I actually tuned in to a full episode of Monday Night Raw and Steve, so did apparently 2.2 million people, the highest rated Raw that they've had in years at this point and again like you know i've talked down um the the importance of ratings because people are consuming uh content in different ways that being said a jump from 1.4 to 2.2 is pretty indicative that people are excited about what's to come in the wwe and i mean speaking of SummerSlam, it's been heralded generally across the board as wwe's best pay-per-view in the last couple of years and that all comes in off the heels of triple h becoming the the head of uh, creative and the head of talent relations so immediate impact is already being felt of triple h's presence and you know what it also made us realize just how much we missed him during his hiatus as well uh so thank you triple h welcome back and in fact we're gonna be talking about you for the entirety of this episode As you've already seen in the title, we're going to be talking about 10 people that we think are realistically capable of coming back into the WWE fold, whether they're free agents right now in New Japan and AEW, or maybe they're in limbo altogether. We're going to be talking about those 10 superstars that we could see returning back to the WWE family with Triple H at the helm. Now, with that being said, before we jump into this, let's talk about some of the changes we've already already seen and maybe just talk about some of the names that have already made the transition either back into wwe or from nxt into the main roster i'll throw the first one out there and that is dakota kai released as part of the early may uh wave of releases um we all unanimously as wrestling fans we knew they dropped the ball we knew that they had a gem and that AEW was about to pick it up for free three months later after that 90-day non-compete clause ended and wwe came back and swooped dakota kai 
allegedly right from under AEW, and that was never going to happen under Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I know you and I love Vince, but he clearly did not see what everybody else saw in Dakota Kai. So that is return number one. What are your initial thoughts about that return? All right, so first off, you look at the date of Dakota Kai's release. It was April 29th of 2022, okay? July 29th would have been maybe to the start of uh, the, the start of August would have been like that borderline of her signing with AEW. And I'll tell you right now, Tony Khan was licking his chops saying, wow, we're going to get it. We're going to get a superstar. And I think this transition, I think there was a couple of weeks before this that Vince knew that he was going to do the retiring and, and Hunter's on the phone to her right away. Do not sign anything. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Don't sign anything. Changes are coming. We're bringing you back. I think, uh, well, everybody saw what I thought when Dakota Kai's music hit. I marked out when Bailey came out, came out, and I hit the roof when Dakota Kai came out. I am so happy. She's one of the best talent, one to come out of the NXT in a long time, and I do think she's definitely in the top five, top six on the women's main roster right now. She is that skilled. And she is going to be an overall star on the main roster. I am excited. Let's go. Yeah. And and I'll add one more thing about um, Dakota Kai. As somebody who was a religious viewer of NXT, something I can say about Dakota Kai that you cannot say about a lot of the women on the roster is that she has the the becky lynch capability of being great as a face or a heel we uh, dakota kai was a great face she was she was a beloved face in nxt and it was that turn that you know made everybody love dakota kai um she can work as both a face and a heel so um we have somebody who has longevity in the wwe roster somebody who beyond uh once the control faction inevitably breaks up who knows when that might happen um she's going to be a star when she's on her own uh but this is a great introduction of dakota kai into the wider masses because most people um that are casual fans do not know who she is if you if you're listening to this you don't fall under that category you are not a casual fan you are a hardcore enough fan to be listening to two, two blokes talk about professional wrestling here on youtube or whatever podcast service you're listening to but in the event that you are a casual fan of the wwe just know that dakota kai is going to be a backbone of the women's division for the next 10 to 15 years that is the quality talent that we got and the type of uh um, of um, of talent that can change with the tides of time as she has proven uh, that as she's capable of doing in NXT. But even though Dakota Kai might be in combination, the best package um, out of everybody, I will out of everybody right now. That's that's back in the WWE. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused here. Um, I do want to talk about the other person that is part of that uh, control faction And this person, although may not be as great a character worker as Dakota Kai is right now, Steve, the best women's wrestler on the main roster, and that is Io Shirai, now Io Sky, which by the way, that's a name change I can actually get behind. One that actually okay with that. makes sense because I'm completely yeah, okay with that. that it's, yeah, that one makes sense. Not Walter de Gunther, Io Shirai, Io Sky. I think we're all okay with that. Um Eos Io Sky, it's gonna take me a while. Io Sky is instantly the best worker in the women's division 
right now, instantly. She has some way to go in terms of developing her character, but she's proven again in NXT that she can work as a face and she can work as a heel. She can be a top champion in NXT. And again, this is somebody that if WWE can get it right, can be a pillar of the women's division for a very, very long time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she more than proved it on Monday night. Uh, coming out yeah. with her match against Bianca Belair, which I thought normally, you know me, I turn off the Bianca matches. I don't care. Um, but obviously you knew who was getting forced into the storyline. I watched every second of that and enjoyed every second of that. The skill, the ability, the selling, the storytelling, everything that we saw in that match is everything that EO Sky brings to the table as one of the best in-ring performers on the main roster now. For the women, actually, you could say she's one of the best in-ring performers across talent. You know, like she just needs what you said, that character development, uh, like a lot of, uh, you know, the traditional um, Japanese New Japan style wrestlers do need when they come over to sports entertainment. But I think in this faction, she's definitely going to get it. And I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm looking ahead of, ahead here. I'm licking my lips to see Eo versus Asuka. Just saying. I, I mean, I'm licking my chops at just about anybody versus EO because uh, I genuinely believe that she is now the best worker in, in the women's division. And we're going to see that, um, you know, for, for, for years to come here now that she is going to be seen by the wider WWE audience. Um, we talked about the return of Bailey. Um What's interesting, Steve, is even though, you know, Bailey returning isn't a Triple H doing. Bailey was going to return regardless of what, what what was happening. The current reports are that this this faction, a heel faction for Bailey was shot down by Vince for the last 2 months. So even though even though uh Bailey returning is inevitable, this the way that she returned under Triple H's regime and being able to become the leader of now a very dominant women's faction, her return wouldn't have been as impactful under Vince McMahon. So I'm going to throw uh, Bailey into the conversation, even though this isn't a return caused by Triple H, it is a, the way that she returned is a Triple H uh, booking. So I do want to talk about that because I think her coming back with her own faction brilliant brilliant because even though we were all looking forward to seeing bailey um she would have been another one of those uh she would have always been part of the of the main event rotation in and out this makes her unique this makes her a threat across the entire division if it was just her by herself she's another rotating talent that is going to come in and out of the women's title picture with this she can be a Roman Reigns in the women's division. It, it, I mean, I might, it might be, you know, a bit of a hyperbole and over-exaggerating a little bit, but she can be a now a very dominant force within the women's division that the women women's division can be built around over the next while uh, Becky Lynch is gone. Yeah, listen, I think we saw this a couple of years back when Paige returned and she came in with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville as a this was going to be the dominant women's faction and heel women's faction. And let's be real with the names in there. It didn't work for some reason. It just didn't get the ooh and the awe that 
it really deserved because of the names that were there. But you're looking now at three completely different characters, all with a particular set of skills in their in this faction that they are they could possibly be in the future when toxic attraction gets brought up it could be a brilliant feud between the two even and toxic attraction is an amazing female heel stable but it doesn't matter which one has to go face both these stables could be brilliant on the main roster eo eo sky is going to be the dominant in-ring performer she's going to be one, the workhorse there um i can see both her and dakota kai taking these women's tag titles and actually making them mean something for once probably being the most relevant since they were on the iconics and let's just say come on the iconics were great for the uh for the division uh and i wanted to actually add them to this list before we obviously heard all the new news but they the the, the women's tag division is going to mean something finally when they finally put the straps on dakota and eo and honestly I see that happening at Clash. This is going to be a very quick push for this stable, um, especially with potential returns. We'll get into that in a minute. But Bailey, as an overall stable leader and as a heel, we know Bailey has always been a great heel. Even when you and I were talking about her the other week, saying if she returns, we need her to return as badass Bailey, not this hugger bullshit i never want to see a wacky waving inflatable tube man again we need this badass bailey this entire stable put together is going to be something that is going to last for a good five years with all of them having an effect very shield-esque that's a big shout it's a hot take i know people in the comments are going to roast me for that but just watch it because if with the triple h at the helm with the right direction, this could be the women's version of the Shield moving forward. Yeah, and you, Steve, you you brought up Toxic Attraction, and Toxic Attraction um, as a faction is is the product of NXT 2.0 for the most part. Interestingly enough, now that Triple H is back, I'm not sure if you watched the most recent episode of NXT, they lost the women's tag championships. So who knows? Maybe we will be seeing Toxic Attraction making its way into um, into the main roster anytime soon, sometime soon. So the, the, the one thing I want to say to that point, Santi, is I actually, uh, with, an, with somebody else on online, did a breakdown of the women's current roster for SmackDown and Raw. And I'll tell you right now, that SmackDown roster is very light. It only has, I think, 11 women compared to, without the new stable, um, I think it's 15 women on the Raw roster. So there is room on the SmackDown roster for this to be a huge push for toxic attraction to come out, but we're not talking about them right now, but I'm just saying there's a point to be made that the SmackDown roster is very light right now. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on here uh, again, kind of staying on the same topic, not a return, but maybe a return to glory as we are now seeing Tommaso Ciampa, not just have television time, 
but the entirety of Monday Night Raw was basically written around Tommaso Ciampa, and now he's our number one contender, uh, the right choice, in my opinion, for Bobby Lashley's United States Championship. Um, so again, not a return per se, but a return to glory, something I don't think that we would have seen under Vince McMahon. This, again, has Triple H written all over it. Listen, Tommaso Ciampa is not your stereotypical Vince McMahon guy. He's a little smaller. Great. He's got a physique, um, but he still looks like kind of at some points a rundown hillbilly. Um, he doesn't have that uh, persona to be on the mic. But listen, you watch anything from black and gold when Tommaso Champion, Johnny Gargano or T Tommaso and Adam Cole were going at their feuds. It is some of the best work you are going to see by a professional wrestler and a sports entertainer anywhere in the last five years. Tommaso can work. He can cut a nasty promo and his character development development mentally is phenomenal. I'm saying this. He's, he's not winning this U.S. title next week. Tommaso Ciampa and Bobby Lashley are going to be in the middle of the card at Clash at the Castle. And it's going to be a massive pop for Tommaso at clash because i say throw it out there he comes back with his music he is going to have a very heavy push for the next three to six months and if he takes if he runs with this we could see once and hopefully when the titles get separated off of roman tommaso in that kind of deep six world title picture you know going into survivor series day one and especially into elimination chamber i'll tell you now in the Tommaso Ciampa is in that elimination chamber for a main event spot at Mania. Now, Steve, uh, we're seeing the push of Tommaso Ciampa. Does anybody else come to mind from either Raw or SmackDown that could get this type of push under Triple H? Because the, the, the main guy that I'm thinking of in SmackDown, but, you know, he was already at the very least getting a Vince McMahon push, and that's uh, Gunther. Uh, you know, of course, um, it, it's tough to say that he's not being pushed when he is getting prevalent TV time on SmackDown. He's the I, I love the dynamic that he has with Kaiser um, and he is the Intercontinental Champion. Yet still not on not on SummerSlam and hasn't been on any premium live event defending that title. So this we might be seeing a resurgence of the of the mid card titles under triple h but is there anybody on smackdown um that you have your eye on as somebody who might be potentially getting that triple h push now that he's a, he's a head of creative listen i don't understand how nobody can think uh first come to mind is the glorious bobby Roode. that glorious bobby Roode has one of the has one of the best runs in nxt black and gold uh with triple h and sean at the helm back then and i don't understand how nobody can say trip he's not a triple h guy he's literally got the physique and the persona of triple h and rick flair built into one so if bobby Roode doesn't get some sort of bobby Roode's getting a match on smackdown this week i'm i'm, I'm calling this right now bobby Roode deserves a push um uh, i'm not saying and he's this other one has been kind of shifting back and forth for me uh, from Raw and SmackDown as of late. But uh, we can't forget about Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler has been jumping left, right and center. NXT, Raw, SmackDown for the past couple of months. Um, but I think Triple H definitely sees something in him. And I can see uh, Ziggler getting something. 
And my final one, and it's not a SmackDown guy, but it, and I'm not a big fan of him, but I, I believe Triple H loves him. Mustafa Ali. Like he was in that great triple threat uh, with AJ and uh, Miz on Monday night. And he put on a clinic with two of the, two of the best on Monday night raw and Mustafa held his own and looked good. He had uh, his, his timing was perfect. He, he sold the styles clash perfectly. He was in all the right spots. It's great. So those three, for me, I can see getting uh, prevalent runs in their respective, uh, whatever their respected uh, shows are. Cause we don't even realize if the split brand splits, even a, a thing anymore. Um, but definitely Bobby Roode on SmackDown. Bobby Roode needs a push, and he's a Triple H guy through and through. I'm going to throw out a name, um, and that's Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I like the idea of Shinsuke Nakamura getting brought back into the limelight, um, even if it's just as a ploy to prevent him from returning back to New Japan. We saw WWE do this with EO Sky, who was all but confirmed to be returning back to Japan. Um, and clearly she's not. Now she has her main roster spot and she's likely going to be in the WWE for years. It's possible that Triple H understands what type of weapons he has in his arsenal. Vince did not see Nakamura as a top guy, never did, even though, you know, they gave him the rumble. He was never billed as such, okay? Um, But in NXT, okay, first of all, Nakamura is the greatest NXT champion of all time. His run as NXT champion is, is... Nothing short of amazing. Like that run is so, so, so good on the NXT roster. I would love, I'm not saying he needs to be champion or need to be near the top of the card, but I would love for Triple H to remove the hand shackles of Shinsuke Nakamura and just let him be the King of Strong Style again. I don't want him air guitaring anymore. I don't want him being Pat McAfee's hype man. I want him to be Shinsuke Nakamura from black and gold. That is a guy that can put on a match and does not need a title. He can fill that void that Cesaro left of the fantastic worker putting on great 10, 15 minute matches. That brings me to my next point that I want to talk about, Steve. Are there any guys right now that are over in AEW that are fucking kicking themselves for jumping ship now that Triple H is at the helm? Because I just mentioned one of them, even though he's Ring of Honor champion, that's all fine and dandy. But if Triple H was the head of creative and he had Cesaro, I'm almost confident Cesaro we'd be potentially talking about him being the one to dethrone uh, Roman Reigns. Okay, that's a big shout. I was going a different way with that. But yes, Cesaro is definitely kicking himself right now. Um, I would have said that Cesaro would be an incredible feud for Gunther. Oh, hell yeah. Like, you talk about meat slapping matches. There is your meat slapping feud of 2022. Simple as that. Those boys would absolutely put on a wrestling clinic. Simple as that. And I would love to see every single one of those matches. I would be on the edge of my seat. So, yes, Cesaro is definitely, 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 definitely kicking himself. Um, I got two others. Samoa Joe. Adam Cole. And actually, I got one more. Keith Lee. Take one from the women's division. 
I'd say Ruby Soho. But you know what? Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yeah, you never say never, as as they say in the WWE. Um, Adam Cole, he's got himself in this back with his boys and that kind of thing, and he's with his girlfriend over there. But I'll tell you right now, if Adam Cole ever came back to the WWE, Adam Cole is in that main event run with Seth, Kevin Owens, Roman. Like, that's one for sure. Samoa Joe, we're not going to see a lot of Joe on screen, but the work that Joe is doing with Regal on NXT as the enforcer uh, during that kind of lockdown period was really good work i loved and coach joe's always been a triple h guy um well i mean final... triple h is the one that brought him back after he got fired the first time exactly so you don't here's the, the one thing the one shout i do have in santi like we have our list made and i just realized is joe is no longer ring of honor champion now that could be something else yeah. I don't know how I mean we it's, don't know it's how interesting long his contract right? is. It's interesting yeah. cuz AEW um they are I mean yes they have the guys that are under AEW contracts right but um they have these quasi not AEW contracts right like we had uh Johnny Mundo or Johnny Nitro whatever you want to call him being in that like hybrid AEW not in AEW Matt Cardona um who knows maybe that's how Samoa Joe maybe that's kind of where he falls um in those hybrid contracts where he's not he's a he's under a um appearance contract with AEW as opposed to a length contract who knows right um so there are because of how AEW conducts business it is possible that some of these guys that are under quote contract over an AEW may not be under such a powerful contract where we might not we could see them in wwe within the next year it's totally possible but you know we can speculate all we want we have a list of people that we want to talk about so let's get started this is topic of the show we're going to be talking about the people the superstars that we could realistically see returning to the wwe now that triple h is the head of creative as well as talent relations the first one let's get this one out of the way because i wouldn't be surprised if by the time that this is published they've already returned that is sasha banks and Naomi. We'll put that one as one and two over here. Um, it seems that the reason they left was Vince McMahon. All right. There's a classic sales mantra. If someone has an objection, you figure out, is that their only objection? And then they should buy. So if their objection to WWE was Vince, and now they can say there is no Vince. Two plus two equals four logic dictates that they're gonna come back now i can't say this about naomi but sasha banks that's a triple h girl through and through all right Absolutely. that is a triple h girl uh, again, I can't say the same thing for Naomi, um, but that uh, Sasha Banks, absolutely. But it sounds like they're they're a it's not a one or the other. Like if one comes back, we should be seeing the other one come back as well. Um, I think this is kind of an obvious one, Steve. I'm sure the listeners are at home aren't enlightened here by our thoughts and opinions. Um, so do you want to just kind of tell us your two cents here and we can move on? Yeah, like all I'm going to say is you just reminded me of, of an old job I used to have where I had to, you know, battle uh, battle uh, people saying they didn't want to buy. And is that your only objection? Is that the only thing that's preventing you to doing this today? 
Yeah, okay, cool. Sasha, Naomi, Sean Rossap, and Schmelzer have pretty much already said they have signed agreements. Like you said, this is probably going to air the same day that they both show up back in WWE and tear the house down and get a great pop. Granted, I personally think if they come back, they should be separated. I don't want to see Sasha Banks going for tag titles anymore. Sasha Banks is a women's champion. She's one of the four horsemen. She doesn't deserve to be in a tag position. At the end of the day, it's best for business to have Sasha Banks back on WWE television. She is a Triple H girl. Triple H gave her and Bailey the first ever shots at everything to main event a premium live event or a pay-per-view back then. I say now it is best for business for Sasha to walk back into that ring, tear the roof down, and obviously go after Liv Morgan for that WWE uh, SmackDown Women's Champ. Hey, you know, I'm kind of with you on, I like, Sasha Banks should not be in the in anywhere near the tag division. That being said, if the tag division is going to be taken seriously and we have the likes of control in there and it could maybe even eventually set up a feud between Sasha Banks and this heel Bailey, I'm all down for it. If it means rejuvenating the tag division and having Sasha Banks go after the uh, the, the the tag titles, I'm all for it. it. It just the possibilities are limitless when you have all of these women on the roster, and Sasha Banks just needs to come home. And uh, Naomi, just join the bloodline already, for God's sake. We know that that's where you belong. Quick question: Why do you keep calling them Control? Is that what they're called? Oh yeah, that's what the the faction is called. Yeah, the faction. I, is, yeah, the faction is called Control. And of course, uh, Adam, aka uh, Braun Strowman, replied, "Your narrative." All right. Relax, okay. buddy. Stop trying to make control your narrative a thing. It's not, all right? <laughs> Let's move on here. Yes, Steve, the, the faction is called Control. Um, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, number two, we've already sort of talked about him. Um, it, he was part of the same release um, grouping as Dakota Kai. Now, this would be less impactful, but I think that he was a universally loved individual that I think a lot of people would like to see back in NXT. And that is Dexter Loomis, uh, an individual who shockingly made a great character out of nothing. Just somebody that stares into the void and into the abyss. And nobody stared better into the void and into the abyss than Dexter Loomis. Uh, he was part of some relevant uh, quasi main event storylines in NXT 2. 2.0 after hunter was removed um but the moment that they had the chance to release him uh they released him i could see dexter loomis being somebody that gets brought back not into the main roster back into nxt uh again it all depends on what the plans are for nxt they have they so um, for those that might be listening and maybe don't follow NXT as closely as I do, uh, they had NXT tryouts at Nashville during SummerSlam. And the people that they had scheduled to show up were the people that were the 2.0 image, which was college athletes that they can mold into WWE superstars of the future. Triple H was there and many people who are um, who are decision makers within WWE were there unanimously these were some of the worst candidates that they have ever seen 
There were concussions, people were getting hurt, rolled ankles, and that is what happens when you bring people who are green as grass that don't know the business, they just have the right look. Apparently, after these tryouts, the decision is, you know what, now we're going to reconsider bringing indie superstars into, into NXT. If that's the case, Dexter Loomis fits the bill. He is big. He knows the WWE system. He knows how to um, work the WWE showmanship, not just the in-ring aspect of, uh, of of the business. He's a great fit to bring NXT back into not necessarily black and gold, but the Triple H image. He's not going to tear the house down. He is not going to be your main event. He is not going to hold the NXT championship, but... He could be a great additional enhancement talent to the WWE NXT pool. Hey, character building 101. Bring somebody in that already knows how to help you grow in the business. And Dexter Loomis, like you said, has already done this. Um, we're not going to see him on the main roster right away. Even if they came in and rejigged his character a little bit, Still brought him in as Dexter Loomis, but maybe they give him a voice. Maybe they give him a manager, not Indy Hartwell, because she's going to do her own thing soon and probably be up on the main roster herself. But again, you can build so many great feuds um, with, with like Joe Gacy. You could even have um, Dexter Loomis go against Braun. Go against Braun Breaker. That's another great feud. Two great workers in the ring. He's never going to win the title. But again, make Braun work against guys his size. And again, a, a Triple H guy, these NXT tryouts, what I heard and read, like, God damn it, Dwight Howard was there. Like, let's talk about that, friend. Like, really? Dwight Howard? Um, but they were horrible. You might as well grab people from the stands at SummerSlam and say, hey, do you want to go and try out just because you're wearing a WWE shirt? At the end of the day, you need to be built for this business. And Dexter Loomis is built for this business. And my final comment on his particular release is w er, NXT was handcuffed by Vince's creative control of NXT, Vince's and Bruce Pritchard's NXT 2.0 creative. Now that uh, Hunter is in charge of creative and talent relations for the main roster, I'm pretty sure he's going to say, Sean, do it. Because those two think pretty much in sync when it comes to this business. So if Sean thinks Dexter is someone we need to bring back, Hunter's going to be like, why are you even bother asking? Simple as that. Yeah, and guys, not everybody that comes back has to be some shocking, giant revelation, industry-changing return, right? There, you know, every team needs to have a bench, and you need to have a, you know, if you if you have garbage players on the bench, you're going to lose your games, right? You need people who can perform um, in the middle stages of a card. You need to have people who can perform on dark matches. And Dexter Loomis fits the build for all of this. And that's where, where we're coming from when it comes to bringing back Dexter Loomis. Now, if you want to bring back somebody who can be a little bit more impactful, let's talk about one of the biggest botch jobs in WWE history. It still pains me what they did to this man under Vince McMahon. And that is Karrion Cross 
and we'll toss Scarlet in here. So a couple of things. Let's talk Scarlet first. She was deemed so irrelevant to the carrying cross gimmick that they didn't even bring her along into the main roster call up for carrying cross. All right. That's mistake number one. All right. Those two peanut butter and jam. Their entrance was phenomenal in NXT. It got people excited. It got people hyped. And it was led by Scarlet Bordeaux. So issue number one, them never seeing the value in the pairing of Scarlet and Karrion Cross, and not bringing up Scarlet into the, into the main roster. Sin number two, probably the biggest one was Karrion Cross himself. What they did to this man having him lose to Jeff Hardy while he is holding the NXT championship and having a undefeated run in NXT and his first loss coming to Jeff Hardy via, I believe a roll up if I'm remembering correctly. I'm pretty sure Jeff had his feet on the ropes as well. It was, it was so bad. And then they, they made him wear like, gimp costumes like from from um Martin gear yeah it was it was so bad the the ring gear also just made him a laughing stock it just made him look like a sadomasochist sex slave it was bad all around and none of that had to do with triple h dear god i hope not uh but now that we have triple h on um on the main roster uh taking control of uh of creative could we see Carrie on Cross and Scarlet, who are not under contract anywhere? They're part of Control Your Narrative. Um, but from for all intents and purposes, what we know is that that the, that's just performances that they put on. None of them are under any sort of contract. Could we see Carrie on Cross and Scarlet make the return either to NXT or to the main roster under Triple H? And if they do come back, are we going to get the Carrie on Cross of old, or are we going to get? you know, sadomasochist sex gimp carrying cross. I think we all know the answer to that one. We are going to get the old savage heel carrying cross. Doesn't need to say much except for when he's asked and Scarlet's going to do all the work. Listen, when I think of carrying cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, there are two other past male, female group uh, partnerships that I think of. First one, Macho Man Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Listen to me now. Would you ever separate them except for a quality storyline? No. And the second one is Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. They only got separated for quality storylines. Scarlet is Karrion Cross's character. She is such a good build and she's not actually half bad in the ring i'm not saying she's charlotte becky or bianca yes i said bianca but she can keep up with said carmella natalia and dana brooke she can still do it in the ring as well so her being irrelevant is the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard in my life and if it wasn't for that like we saw what the main roster looked the debut looked like it was horrible the fallen prey is not good without scarlet literally building and making carrion cross look like an adonis of a man he already does but she enhances it all the right ways if they come back i don't care if it's nxt i don't care if it's the main roster if it is nxt braun breaker is in a lot of trouble because Karrion Cross is going straight to the top for that title because his dark promos for the title were phenomenal. So at the end of the day, 
saying that she is irrelevant and he was not good enough for the main roster and he got buried on an irrelevant match as NXT champion undefeated against Jeff Hardy is probably the worst booking I have seen in the last 18 months by WWE. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I actually think that is a perfect way to put it. It is the worst booking I've seen in in recent memory. Um, yeah, that is a that is a person that I'm ex- a pairing that I'm excited to see back in the WWE again. And they work perfectly in either promotion NXT or the WWE main roster. I would be excited to see Karrion Cross and Scarlett make a jump to either one of those entities of the WWE. I think I'd actually be a little bit more excited of them in NXT. Absolutely. I, I, I think I would be more excited to see them in NXT. But are they are they quality enough to be in the main roster? Yes, so long as they are together. Karrion Cross is a good worker and he is hard-hitting and a menace, but that doesn't come across as well unless Scarlet is there to create the eeriness of the of the uh, of the entrance, the eeriness of the backstage um, promos. You need them together. Do not separate them. If you bring back Karrion Cross, bring him back with Scarlet. If you're not going to bring Scarlet alongside Karrion Cross, just let Karrion Cross continue to do his thing in the independence because it's just not going to work. What happened to Rusev the second they separated him from Lana? down the drain all right um now i mean he's doing a, a pretty decent job over in AEW of reinventing himself as a, as a singles character but i don't think that carrion cross is as good as miro when it comes to uh connecting with the audience we need him with scarlet that is my opinion agreed 100 percent all right, so we talked a little bit about AEW, and now we could we could have made this whole video about different AEW guys that could eventually make the jump over to um, back to the WWE under Triple H. But we picked what I feel are the two most realistic ones because yes, we can say Adam Cole, we can say Matt Hardy, we can say Christian, we can say dare I say CM Punk? Yeah, right. Um, but let's talk about two really realistic options um, based on how they were booked under Triple H and how they would fit on a current day main roster. So let's talk right now about Andrade El Idolo or Andrade Cien Almas. Couple of uh, contextual bits that make this very realistic. One, he is married to one of the top stars in the WWE, number one. Two, uh, he was booked tremendously under Triple H and delivered at every takeover that Triple H booked him um, to main event or not main event. He was always a stud for Triple H. Three, he is now the son-in-law of Triple H's idol <laughs> in Ric Flair. All right, so these three things coming together, if Andrade, all right, if Andrade ever even so much as has the inclination to return to WWE, he will be returned with open arms. He was smart. He was not one of these guys that started cussing out Vince McMahon and everybody that fed him for many years in WWE. This man wants to return to the WWE it's going to happen the moment he asks. Yeah, 100%. And it's kind of funny, Santi, the way you said um, he didn't cuss them out. It was almost when he was released, there was that little break where him and Charlotte were taking vacations and there was a lot of social media play back and forth. And it was kind of funny. They were in airports. He was wearing an AEW hat. She was wearing a WWE 
he had and some of the captions were we run both games and i remember this and i'm like these aren't shots this is just being comfortable in a relationship and the situation that they have been given and honestly i don't truly believe up until recently that andrade has been used well in AEW. andrade has been used piss poorly okay um up until his uh his tag team partner just showed up from i believe it's what triple a mm-hmm. um he showed up and now we're starting to see a little bit of a a a, a you know a bump in andrade's stock in AEW. yeah but nowhere but near to the level he had at nxt that's exactly where I was going. Nowhere near. Andrade right now on the AEW roster is about here. If he ever came back to the WWE roster, there is so much create creatively you could do for this man on NXT, which I personally would rather see him on the main roster in an upper tier feud. Again, I keep saying the same names. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns. Hell, throw Finn Balor in there. Andrade versus Finn would be incredible. Um, Cody Rhodes. Can't forget about Cody Rhodes. Imagine Andrade booked correctly with Cody booked correctly in WWE. That is a main event of a pay-per-view or a premium live event. Secondly, let me just say about this. I just mentioned his tag partner. If you... the for me, the tag division for the men right now is floundering because you have the Street Profits. You don't really know what's going on. Uh, the New Day, they're not really doing their thing. I think uh, Woods just went out with an injury. You really only got the Usos and the Viking Raiders and uh, Alpha Academy. Really carrying the men's tag division. Bring Andrade and his tag partner over. Now there's a tag team that I would love to see go against the Usos. Now though, that's a five-star match any day of the week twice on sunday you could book him somewhere with charlotte put him back with zelina there are so many things and options under triple h that andrade could flourish and be relevant again in wwe this is one of the ones santi if we were to make this a tiered list of guys i would love to see come back he would genuinely be in my top three I want Andrade El Idolo back in WWE in some sort of fa- factor because he is so good. He is so talented and suave. He's the total package when it comes to what a sports entertainer needs to be. He's phenomenal in the ring. He's actually decent on the promo when he actually takes his time. And he has that, you know, Eddie Guerrero look. And look how over Eddie was. Eddie was that total package. Andrade, I'm not saying Andrade is on Eddie's level, but he could be with the proper guidance and no restrictions. Yeah, I think it also would be interesting now that, um, well, the WWE is definitely in the mindset that the pandemic is over. Um, if they start traveling back, I mean, we see them, they're going to to the UK, they're coming to Canada. It's been a really long time. Those international trips will eventually bleed into the Latin American market. They're going to eventually go back into Mexico, into South America and do all those tours. Um, and they don't really have a Latino star. They have, they have um, the Mysterios, yes. But for how much longer? 
and you don't really have the Mysterios as Latin American stars. You just really have a Rey Mysterio. Dominic is not a star. Uh, he is he is a star by association with Rey Mysterio. You don't really have that Latino um, superstar to really build and grow uh, in the Latino market. So again marketable in so many ways in ring as an in-ring performer as the total package being the face of um wwe and espanol uh so yes uh andrade is in honestly in in my opinion he is better off in the wwe than he is over in AEW. his he, he in AEW, he is a large fish in a small pond in WWE, he has the potential to be a large fish in the largest pond in the game. I'm not saying a little fish in a big pond. I'm saying big fish in that big pond as well. All right. That's that is the the ceiling that I see for somebody like an Andrade uh, El Idolo. Another AEW guy here, Steve. Again, we could have pondered a bunch of different AEW guys, um, but we wanted to stick to those AEW guys that were treated just so well under Triple H. And then we saw them get treated not so well by Vince McMahon because, yeah, we could have talked about Adam Cole, but we never got to see Adam Cole under Vince McMahon. We would, I'm sure he would have been buried to kingdom come, but we, he, he never got buried. Well, his booking was going to be as a manager yeah. for whomever. But you know who did get buried and, ha and was completely destroyed on the main roster? Aleister Black. And of course, we know that he's under contract. Uh, he uh, he's all elite, yes, and it probably won't happen for several years. But if WWE, if Triple H were to knock on Alistair Black's door, Alistair Black is going to see a couple of things. One, he is going to see his wife, who is in the WWE. Two, he is going to see more money. And three, he is going to see the guy that made him a superstar in NXT and made him a household name across the wrestling world being now the head of creative of the biggest part of the biggest wrestling promotion on the planet. If I'm Aleister Black, I have a very difficult time saying no to that proposition. Yeah, listen, Santi, I mentioned about Andrade, about having a top three of guys I want to see come back to WWE. Alistair Black falls in my number two category. His ability to build a character um, is next level. I've always been a fan of the darkness in a character. I've always been a fan of somebody that can make dark look cool. And every, an evil look cool and alistair black is the embodiment of all of that and we're not just talking as a character we are talking in a true organic lifestyle he lives and breathes this character in and out of the ring granted he's kind of funny over on his twitch channel but at the end of the day this is what this guy believes in so what you're getting from him is honest character work and he's an incredible athlete in the ring uh he does some stuff that cruiserweights does that some sorry he does some things that cruiserweights can do he can fight with the big boys and he can actually cut a brilliant promo alistair black i think is the 
second biggest miss WWE has had in years when it comes to not understanding having lightning in a bottle. I'm sorry I'm taking your phrase, but not understanding how good and how far you could go with this. You could have had a a new version of the Ministry of Darkness with Aleister Black. And it would have got been over with the crowd because if you were planning on going TV 14 and, you know, maybe they weren't planning about Vince leaving and Vince, uh, Triple H being creative control. But if you were planning on moving in this more aggressive direction, why not make a. You went to go with Judgment Day, who is basically failed so far. Imagine doing Judgment Day and not having Edge, but having Aleister Black. Yes. As the leader? Excuse me. Take my fucking money. Simple as that. That is creative. Alistair Black and the House of Black is good. Under AEW and Tony Khan. Imagine it under Triple H's creative saying, go out there and scare me. Not draw me money. Go out there and scare me. And every one of those little kids in the front row. <laughs> Alistair Black would be like, thank you. No problem. Off he goes. And he and his entrance was incredible too. It's one of the best entrances since Taker. The sit-up, the coffin. Yes, everything about Alistair Black screamed, draw money, scare people, and just build an incredible character. For me, Alistair Black could have been world champion or if he was still there, I truly believe his ability in the ring and the way to tell a story, he could be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. That's a hot take right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, we're going to be moving on here, but uh, I got to echo almost everything that you're saying here um, because we never really got to see what he's capable of doing in the main roster. Um, he was losing matches in the main roster. He got hurt and then he came back and it looked like they were about to do what they're currently doing with Gacy and NXT with Aleister Black on the main roster. And I would have been down for that. And they did it for one week, the vignettes, and then he got released. So we never got to see what they were about to do with Aleister Black, which is a shame. Um, but anything that Triple H does with Aleister Black uh, will be gold. And fans will be all the better for it. The product will be all the be better for it. We need to see Aleister Black back in the WWE family. Now, let's move on here to, again, one of those guys that's in limbo because he could go anywhere. He has the power to go anywhere, and so does his wife. So we're talking about Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, two of the best workers um, on the planet when it comes to in-ring work. Uh, Candice LeRae being an elite women's wrestler and Johnny Gargano, I mean, his name is Johnny Wrestling for, for a reason. Johnny Takeover, Mr. Takeover, um, it it would be irresponsible of us to not already assume that there's probably already an agreement in place for him to come back, right? Yeah. I would not be surprised if that's the case. I would not be surprised if he's already signed with WWE and WWE told him, here's two months, get back in the in-ring shape. We'll see you after Clash in the Castle. If you told me this, 
would I be shocked? No. no. If while we're recording this, it comes out that Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae have signed with WWE, would I be surprised? No. I would now be surprised if they if they signed with AEW. I think that it would be ludicrous of them to sign with AEW if WWE is still an option for them, which I'm almost certain with every single fiber of my being that it is these two are coming back to the wwe AEW has lost out on these two i'm already calling it these guys are coming back to the wwe and under triple h i am my mouth is watering as to what these two can do we have eo sky on the main roster now you want to go back and watch a phenomenal nxt women's match go back and watch eo shirai versus candace LeRae. that woman can work and if you want to watch the best matches ever in nxt history i guarantee you all five of them are gonna have johnny gargano so when it comes to the in-ring work these two are absolute fucking money all right are they not so much candace loray but is johnny gargano small yes is he not a vince mcmahon guy in terms of his look in terms of his promo capabilities and his sports entertainment factor sure you know who else wasn't daniel bryan daniel bryan is johnny gargano in a different generation if they can make it work with daniel bryan they can make it work with johnny gargano now that being said had he gone through um i think there was there's also like a big difference in terms of what when they came up um i feel like in my mind that vince sees daniel bryan as a wwe product because he was part of like that shitty nxt um um game show and whatnot and i don't think that vince would see johnny gargano as a wwe product and that's actually part of the reason why i think a lot of these uh main roster call-ups fail under vince because he just doesn't see them as through and through wwe products and vince has been like this for his entire life look how he treated people coming up from ecw or people coming up from wcw he doesn't see them as people that he built and stars that he made so then he buries them right um i think that would have happened to adam cole kyle o'reilly the like uh, and of course we're talking about johnny gargano now johnny gargano will be a hear me out a fucking giant superstar under triple h I am thinking he can be as big as Daniel Bryan was during WrestleMania. That is my take. And that is why we need, that's why it would be stupid. Absolutely colossally stupid for Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae to sign anywhere except the WWE. All right. So I'm 50% with you. I have no quarrel with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae coming back. We've spoken highly about Candice LeRae. She could definitely be one of the best, well, she definitely is one of the best workers in the women's division. She can come up to the main roster or go to NXT and probably be the one to take that for- take that title from Mandy Rose and run it, run it back for a while and then move up to the main roster. That could be one position for Candice LeRae. We can hit on Candice LeRae all, all we want, but I'm going to go to Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano is never going to win the WWE title. Johnny Gargano is never going to win the Universal title. Johnny Gargano can be a staple in the mid-card 
for the next 10 years and have those little steps up to have those feuds, depending who the champion is. But even Triple H understands that Johnny Wrestling is Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Wrestling is a professional wrestler. Okay? And exactly what Triple H said on Impulsive the other day with Logan Paul. You need to have everything. You don't need to, just need to be able to wrestle. You need to be able to entertain the crowd. Johnny's matches are entertaining as all hell. When Johnny is pissed off and in a, like a death feud with like Ciampa uh, and Adam Cole, where they actually gave him the mic and just let him loose, he is entertaining. But his overall entertainment is not that good. And it needs development for him to move to that upper echelon to superstar status. Santi, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying he's not there. He is a... And you can throw common Steve L in these comments all you want. But at the end of the day, Johnny Gargano is an incredible, if they, incredible athlete, professional wrestler. If you want to try and redo Yeselmania and Kofi Mania with Johnny Gargano, I'm not going to be opposed to it because I genuinely like Johnny Gargano. And I would be entertained to see the booking and the writing for it. But right now, if he comes back, I want to see him feuding with the U.S. champion. I want to see him feuding with the IC champion because we can't bring everyone back and put them in the main the main event. Johnny Gargano could could feud easily with Gunther. He could feud nicely once Bobby Lashley loses this U.S. title and goes takes a break because he's, apparently he's going to go fight um, Mike Tyson for for big money. That's what just came out yesterday and feud with Tommaso. Let's say clash at the castle Tommaso Ciampa wins the United States championship how about a run-in from his old boy Johnny Gargano and start that feud right back up take my fucking money let's go yeah yeah and that's the beauty of of Triple H's booking in NXT though um because you can be a massive superstar under Triple H and not be near the world title picture the biggest superstars in NXT for a solid year were nowhere near the world title picture. That was Tommaso Ciampa. That was Johnny Gargano. That was Authors of Pain. And that was The Revival. All right. The NXT under Triple H, the main event of like three pay-per-views of three takeovers were the tag team championships all right this is the beauty of triple h's booking anywhere you are in the card if you go back to nxt any nxt takeover wherever you were on the card you fucking mattered everywhere second march on the card second to last middle Every match mattered. Every That's why NXT TakeOvers were just universally loved. There is no, under Triple H, there, Steve, there is not a single bad NXT TakeOver. Those don't exist. And that's Triple H's beautiful booking and his ability to make everyone on the roster matter. So when I say he's going to be a superstar, I'm not saying he's going to be holding the titles either. I don't kids he doesn't need to he doesn't need to you can be a super he can be a superstar in the mid card he can be a superstar in the tag team division and Triple H has shown that he can take these people that aren't your prototypical world title contenders and make them matter to the point where you still want to see them in the main event and that is important 
nowadays when your champion isn't even participating in most pay-per-views right imagine a pay-per-view that doesn't have uh roman reigns with uh, with the unified uh, world championships but it still has takeover like matches from beginning to the very end roman reigns is an afterthought and you're not even really thinking about it that's the beauty of Triple H. That's where Johnny Gargano can fit. And that's how he can bring everyone up to enough relevance where you want to see them. And that draws money. Let's oh, stop. Absolutely. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Go. I just want to say one more thing. I'm very surprised that you didn't mention um, Velveteen Dream because before he got put into that title picture for that short period, his six months, you sat there and the only thing you wanted to see was Velveteen Dream's next segment. Hell yeah. And, and it was brilliant. And that's all Triple H booking. Velveteen Dream was relevant without wrestling. He was one of the best things on NXT without even stepping through the fucking ropes. So I just want to say I, I'm very surprised you of all people did not mention velveteen dream that's the only thing and you are completely right about johnny gargano because there's two names that come to mind when you don't have to have a title to be relevant and a superstar one seth rollins two Shawn michaels you know what i i would even throw this next guy that we were going to talk about into that conversation of somebody that does not need the title so the fiend all right we've been wanting this for a very long time um we've been speculating it we've been praying about it right we thought it was going to happen at SummerSlam with seth rollins here's why i i'm a little bit concerned about this the fiend and bray wyatt were never a triple h guy he was part of nxt before it was black and gold and he was called up to the main roster before takeovers began and triple h really became the nucleus of nxt so bray wyatt falls under the same era as the likes of um dean ambrose seth rollins roman reigns um we know that seth rollins eventually you know he storyline purposes became a triple h guy um but none of those guys were really made by triple h right they they graduated from nxt before he took over so i'm a little concerned as to whether this is a possibility somebody that triple h is actively pursuing because he was the fiend and bray wyatt was never really part of anything that he really built creatively do we want to see the fiend back in wwe though steve uh fuck yeah absolutely will the fiend as a character work in any other promotion no i'm sorry it won't you need the grandioseness of the wwe you need the tv production capabilities of the wwe you need the lighting professionals from the wwe you need you need a basically an entire movie studio to make the fiend work and aw doesn't have that but will it happen under triple h is the question santi i'm begging for it now there's three takeaways i have because i am extremely active on my social media and especially our social media um and twitter is my favorite thing for wrestling trolls becky lynch is great at it and the second best at it is the the fiend 
Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda. This man knows how to tease professional wrestling fans so bad that they clamor to watch shows just to see if his dark little tweet makes it relevant to the show. Um, he actually has, um, I have it up right now. Uh, begin again, kid. It's what you do. And it says VKM, which a lot of people are speculating is Vincent Kennedy's man. He's got tweets about uh, returning and a new place and another second coming and so many things that he talks about. Do I want the fiend back? I have never wanted a return in pro wrestling. More than I've wanted the fiend to come back since I wanted Austin to return from his neck injury. That is how over I was on The Fiend. And it goes back to what I was saying about Aleister Black. It's the darkness. It's the creativity. He was a good worker. The Firefly Funhouse was probably the most entertaining thing we we got during the, the lockdown era, before the lockdown era. The when It wasn't The Fiend that I enjoyed after uh, after Bray Wyatt left the Wyatt family, that wasn't the fiend I enjoyed. It's that one step further down, basically to hell he went, where he came out with his own head as a lantern. That's the fiend I enjoyed. The darkest version of Bray Wyatt we could get with that little goofiness that he brought with Alexa Bliss. Probably one of the best tandems in creative wrestling that we've seen in five, 10 years. That was beautiful storytelling. And I loved every second of it. And I've made my top three list. And The Fiend is my number one. And he's in limbo. And he's not been doing shows. He's been not been doing meet and greets. He's, I think he went to WrestleCon in November. And he was there for a short period of time. Other than that, he has not been doing anything except for this movie that we keep hearing about and not see it. So what's he doing? Is he, is he literally making us clamor just to keep himself relevant? Or is there a final plan for The Fiend? And under Triple H, Triple H, especially for his entrances, what he used to do at WrestleMania, he created all that for himself with Vince's okay. Now he doesn't need Vince's okay. So if The Fiend says, I want a burning ramp the entire way down like The Undertaker had druids, Hunter's going to be like, okay. If I want to have severed heads rolling down the ramp, okay, he's probably going to let that happen too. This, if The Fiend comes back, one, it's going to be one of the highest signed contracts that we have seen alongside Cody Rhodes. Because granted, Cody was a draw, but he was a draw for a different reason. The Fiend's a draw because the fans have not given up on The Fiend returning. They have never given up. They thought it was a work originally for him to be released. And now every single premium live event or potential rumor, the fans blow up social media and just clamor to have The Fiend come back. Is Bray Wyatt coming back? Yes. When? I don't know. Do I want it? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much else to add there. Um, I, I guess my biggest concern is just that everyone that we've talked about is in some way, shape or form a Triple H made person. Right, whether it's from Carrie on Cross to Johnny Gargano, Dexter Loomis, Sasha Banks, Andrade. Triple H has had a hand in all of these people, but he hasn't had a hand in The Fiend. Now, Triple H is a smart guy, but I, I obviously don't know. Is he a prideful person? Is he a person that it, maybe he's a little bit more like Vince than we thought, where he only wants to push the people that he has made stars and not the people that were made stars either by somebody else or someone else. I'm hoping that that's not the case. I'm hoping that Triple H has a good enough head on his shoulders to realize the fiend is money, regardless of whether or not he was the one that shaped and molded um, him into becoming the superstar that he did. Because uh, that was... I, Vince McMahon like it really was like the the as for for all of his flaws all of his creative flaws let's not forget that the fiend is a product of the Vince McMahon era all right he wasn't made in NXT even the the bog character really uh, and, and cult leader really didn't really take off until he got to the main roster Bray Wyatt is a, as much as he doesn't like him he's a Vincent Kennedy McMahon character through and through, this has nothing to do with Hunter. Unlike everyone else that we've talked about, I hope that that doesn't get in the way. I hope that Triple H realizes we want to see him back and that he is going to draw money. I just hope that egos don't get in the way of this. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing is we still have to remember is Vince's biggest thing was draw me money. I'm pretty sure The Fiend was up there with some of the highest merch sales when it came to the mask, the glove, the puppets from the, like, even look at Lily, even though it's Alexa Bliss, that was a fiend creation through Alexa Bliss, right? And she, Lily's still selling out. So, really, money is still number one when it comes to professional wrestling. We're not going to forget this. Yes, sports entertainment is a key factor. But if the fiend comes back and they do it right, merch for him is going to be absolutely crazy and he's gonna draw big numbers you put him in the main event again another person that could easily dethrone roman and then we can send roman on his way to face the rocket mania but and just remember one of the last little bits of the fiend uh that we were one of the last big feuds was roman and the fiend when roman returned yep and speared speared the fiend so there's, there's a gateway to a feud right there. And whoever is the champion then can go and face Cody at Mania. Tell me, you wouldn't, of... tell, tell me you wouldn't want to see The Fiend go after, um, uh, go after Riddle to get back at Orton. I think that would be brilliant. I think that'd be, be cool. I would love that. I would love The Fiend and Riddle. <laughs> I would love The Fiend and Riddle too because I think The Fiend, like you could just have The Fiend standing in ring just staring. And like Riddle just walk up, be like, "Why so serious, bruh? Dude, imagine and Riddle in a in a Firefly Funhouse segment. <laughs> That's just that would just be so good. Like, yo, how much Whoa. did I smoke? <laughs> All right, Steve, let's wrap this up. Where do we want to shout out? Who in the world is watching us? Ooh, my favorite part of the seg the segment. All right. So listen, Santi. Um, like we said before, our map has changed, so I can't really read all these. But I am gonna say, uh. Colombia and Peru 
are heating up real big. Like we're getting a lot more hits in in South America. Um, I'm gonna go over to finally Victoria, British Columbia has lit up. That's probably where my family is. Hopefully they're listening. Thanks guys, if that is you. Uh, Vancouver, Portland, and then we're gonna cross right over to uh europe and we are heating up in france france is getting very hot helsinki is heating up russia moscow has a few more hits and let's finish it with you know what i'm gonna go bias finally perth western australia has hit the map we hadn't had perth and uh, i know the perth uh people down in perth and especially with their pro wrestling is massive so i love seeing that perth western australia is on is on the map steve where can people find you guys you can find me at twitch.tv slash mr tesh i am finally back to streaming four times a week i am competing with somebody um on uh twitch right now well maybe not competing i'm just covering the same timeline so twitch.tv slash mr tesh i start normally around 9 p.m and yeah that's about it and you can find me on all of straight shoots platforms santi what about you yeah you can find me over on straight shoot and straight shoots sports on tiktok and twitch.tv slash santi's app five to six nights a week folks thank you very much for watching uh this has been a lot of fun steve you take care i'll see you next week and folks whether you're watching on youtube or you are listening in podcast services around the globe find a way to give us a rating whether it's a thumbs up on youtube five stars on spotify any of those things will help us tremendously so we thank you for engaging with our content and we will see you oh steve you want to say one more thing Hey, Santa, you didn't even mention the new merch that you just you're wearing. Oh, yes. If you want your very own white straight shoot, straight shoot a wrestling podcast hoodie, uh, we'll have the link in the description below for you to be able to buy yourself some sexy, sexy merch. Everyone will think you have the biggest PP on the planet. If you're a woman, everyone will think you have the biggest PP energy on the planet. Either way, you win and you got big PP. Take care, everybody.